Welcome to part three of HealthSystemCIO.com's quarterly chat with Chuck Christian, VP of Technology and Engagement with the Indiana Health Information Exchange. In this segment, he talks about the potential that tools like Alexa have to help physicians more easily access information, concern he has when it comes to initiatives like My Healthy Data and Blue Button, and why it's not necessarily a bad thing that the data blocking exceptions haven't been announced yet. And you made the point earlier about uh, having technology kind of fade into the background. And, yeah. uh, you know, and that's not an easy thing to do, obviously, but uh, it just seems like that speaks to a point also about you know, making sure that it is all about the patient and, and that interaction and not centered on the technology. And that's exactly what we need to do. When was the last time when you walked into a room and flipped on a light switch, you thought about how and who created the electricity that's going to fuel that light? Right. The other thing that's amazing to me, and I have an iPhone and I've used it for years, is if you think about the number of devices and the amount of equipment, you know, I'm, I've been around for a long time, and so I remember camcorder, I remember the iPod and all that. Everything that I need is in my phone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a piece of technology and I don't think about it, it just works. And that's the same thing we need to be able to do from our data systems and how we connect those. When I walk in the house in the evening, I tell Alexa to turn the lights on in the den. Right. And then I can also tell Alexa to set the temperature in my house because I have a nest. And so why can't we do the same thing around our healthcare data? Well, we can. We just need to have really smart folks, you know, be thoughtful about it and what what is appropriate. I mean, you know, are we, you know, Alexa's listening all the time. So is Google and some of the other ones that are coming out. I have a friend that's an ER physician at Eskenazi. When the the echoes came out, he immediately started to say, "Okay, how can I? How can we make this work for a, a intern or resident in a medical facility? That if you're in the emergency room and you need a piece of information, ask her. You know, yeah. Ask Alexa to go find it for you, rather than you having to go look it up yourself. Because yeah. you can be doing something else while you're waiting for that information to be brought back to you. And so yeah. that's how we can use that information." One of the things that JT and I talked about is, yeah, wouldn't it be great if you could ask Alexa, look at the, uh, in the INPC, which is our data, clinical data repository, and see if this patient had a hemoglobin A1C in the last six months, and if it is, give me the result. Right. Then you say, okay, Alexa, make sure that gets in the patient's chart. So this is kind of Star Trekky, but can we get there? Absolutely. I truly believe that we can, and to make the technology less intrusive. But it's like everything else. It has to be intrusive first. It's like I'm a woodworker. I have some great tools, but I'm also in awe of the people that know how to use all the hand tools. And their furniture they build is sometimes actually more gorgeous, and you can see the craftsmanship that's put into it versus the stuff that I build with all my power tools. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. We heard some of this talk at the uh, at the Chime Spring Forum, and yeah. it, it was pretty cool because they weren't talking about what we've heard before. Like this is years out. There were there were some pretty good examples of things that are happening now. Maybe it's on a small scale, but it, it's encouraging to see that we are moving closer to some of those realities. Yeah, I, I'm reminded years ago there was a short video put out by Hewlett Packard, 
and it basically started out with an executive getting ready in the morning, having a conversation with his computer. And the first meeting he was going to go into was a, about financials, about standing up and building a new hospital. So he wanted to make sure that he had all the information in the folder, electronic folder that he needed, and he would ask a couple of questions about the data which the computer gave him and then switched on to other aspects of care about how ambulances are dispatched and how information is provided to an ER physician about a, a young boy who ate a mushroom whose liver was shutting down. Mm-hmm. And that was 15-plus years ago. But we're just now starting to have the amount of information we need to make some of those things a reality. Right. It's really exciting, definitely. What were some of the themes from hymns that were of particular interest to you? Some of the things I, I'll, I'll tell you that I heard when I was at Hems, I had the pleasure of you know having some conversation with the folks at CMS on a couple of things, oh, wow. uh, and, o, and ONC as as well. And it seems like half of the federal government came from Indiana. We have some good ideas. Do we have all the good ideas? No. Uh, but right. you know, one of the one of the things that it appears that CMS and others ONC. You know, they're trying to make sure that our patients have access to their data. And, and I don't disagree. You know, the director of CMS, Seema Verma, basically announced the you know, My Healthy Data Initiative, mm-hmm. you know, making those data, which is basically claims data, available to the patient. And they you know, will be able to share that information appropriately, whoever they want to. I, I have some misgivings about patients sharing their data because I'm not sure they truly understand what they're sharing and what, right. what can occur yeah. with it afterwards, but that's really not the intent of the My Healthy Data. And also, the, you know, their Blue Button 2.0 initiative uh, about, you know, trying to provide access to the information. I've worked with the Karen Group, which is part of uh, Levitt Partners, kind of a public-private thing that got uh, stood up about patient access to data and how do we how do we appropriately do that. There's been a lot of discussion around those areas, and so I, I think that we're now getting to the point that we're able to have those conversations. You know, one of the things that I've wondered in the back of my mind is we have this epidemic uh, opioid abuse. But we have a very strict way that people can access that information. It's called 42 CFR Part 2 of HIPAA, uh, which puts a whole other set of guidelines around drug treatment and, and uh, therapy about, you know, the patient has control of that data, who sees it, who doesn't see it, and what data it gets seen. Is that a stumbling block in order to us help treat patients, particularly if the patient shows up in the emergency room? That ER physician doesn't have uh, the benefit of that, that information uh, right. easily. Same thing goes with the veterans. We're moving forward with you know the Community Connect, where the veterans can go in the community if they can't get timely and appropriate care at the local VA facility. They're able now to go out in the community and, and seek care. But the VA is constrained about sharing the data that they have on that veteran because of a, another federal law that basically requires the veteran to give their consent to opt into sharing that data. Yeah. Uh, I had a conversation with the CIO of the Veterans Administration, who is himself a disabled veteran, that has had care both in VA facilities and outside VA facilities, and he said no one has ever asked him to sign that consent. So I, I had the had the pleasure of being on a panel and mentioned that to the then VA secretary uh, about you need to change that, and so they're working on it. 
unfortunately, this will actually take an act of Congress to change. It's not something the VA can change themselves. They can modify the interpretation a little bit, but uh, in order to change the way that data is shared to match more of how everybody else shares data around the HIPAA requirements, uh, it will take actually a change in federal law. Yeah. Yeah, really interesting. And when there was, the announcement was made about my healthy data, it's, it's an exciting thing to hear, but I think some people are wondering, what exactly does this mean? You know, how soon are we going to see something like this? So uh, do you think that this was just CMS saying, okay, this is, this is something that's going to happen, or letting people know, we hear your concerns, this is what we're doing? No, I, I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think they're really doing it. I was on the phone yesterday with a group of folks with the Chime Policy Steering Committee uh, with CMS folks on this Blue Button 2.0 group. They're serious about it. They're actually doing it, and they're trying to get the data out there. I, you know, I had some questions that I was allowed to ask about secondary use of the information and gave them a couple of things to think about, but I, I think that they're moving this forward. It's not like some of the things we've heard saying, hey, we're thinking about doing this. Right. Uh, they're actually ready, ready to go. Yeah. Um, and so I think we'll actually see it happen. you got the inside track. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's inside track or not, but, and part of that's going to be my opinion as well. Right. But uh, right. it's not written on a rock yet, but from the folks I talked to, they seem pretty well uh, down the road and moving forward with it. I mean, there's actually a video about Blue Button 2.0 out there. It kind of talks about they've set up a developer sandbox, if you will, so people can actually trial their code against it to see how it works. Okay. And so, you know, they're they're getting it ready. Yeah. All right. I think that about covers it for now. Uh, there, there's just one other thing I'll mention before we, oh, yeah. we jump of off is we're waiting, we as an industry, particularly those of us who you know, kind of work in this mind called interoperability, is the 21st Century Cures Bill uh, had a requirement for ONC to do a, a couple of things. One is put together a trust framework. We don't have time for me to talk to you about that, but <laughs> the other one that they need to do is come up with the exceptions of data blocking. Right. Um, we haven't seen that yet. And they've basically signaled out of ONC, it's not coming in April. We're looking at maybe mid-summer, so which makes me feel, you know, not all warm and fuzzy, but it makes me understand that they're, they're taking this seriously and they're having some good conversation within the government and outside the government about, you know, what this should look like. Because, you know, I think what worries everybody, my friends who are hospital CIOs, other people in uh, the HIE space is this has the full weight of OCR and OIG behind it, which could be could be some serious rules that are made about, well, you're a data blocker. And I don't know of anybody that's being a data blocker on purpose. But, you know, I do know that you know, some of the definitions I've heard is, well, you know, if you don't hook up to the HIE, you're a data blocker. Well, I don't believe that because there's other ways of sharing data and you have to figure out what's appropriate for your institution. You know, the other thing I've heard is, well, the vendors are charging us a lot of money in order to create the interfaces, so it, that really means they don't want to do it so they could be misconstrued as a data blocker. Well, I'm not sure that meets the definition either. In my mind, I have been years ago on the vendor side, and this was back in the 80s, and a customer wanted customization, which we, we thought was a bad idea. They wanted it, and we said, well, it's going to cost you X dollars as a deterrent. 
because we could do it, uh, but we knew that if they did it, the way that they designed it wasn't going to do what they thought it was going to do, and it was going to be a, a waste of time, effort, and energy would never be used. And so you outprice some of these things. But I do, I do believe that there's some uh, early on in the HER space that looked at some of this as an opportunity to enhance revenue. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping that that mindset has now changed because I don't know of any vendor that, that we've worked with, and we've worked with hundreds of them, that just right out says, nope, we're not going to connect with you. Uh, right. Uh, some do charge, but you know, it's, it's not an exorbitant amount of money. They're just trying to cover their costs just like we will. I mean, we charge for connections as well, but you know, we cover our costs, and that's about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not you know generating stockholder revenue or anything like that because we're a nonprofit supporting organization. So. Right. To me, that certainly wouldn't be construed as blocking data. So it, it's a, it's a tricky area. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of the people ask me this as well. So if you have a large insurance company that comes to your exchange and said, I want you to share your data with us, and we say, no, our governance structure doesn't allow for that kind of data sharing. Well, okay, are, are we data blocking because we won't share the data with them because the, re- the request that they made was not within the confines of our governance process? I don't believe so because this exchange, we're curators of the data. We don't own it. We don't make the decision who gets access to it. It's done through a defined governance structure that's been in place for you know 15 plus years. And it works really well. Uh, it meets all the HIPAA standards you know, around the you know, treatment, uh, payment, and operation standards of HIPAA. And uh, we have a lot of attorneys that sit on that, that committee that you know, help us make those determinations. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's just a really interesting topic, too, because a lot of people feel really passionate about it. But it'll, it'll be good to see some more information come out about those exceptions and maybe, maybe clarify some of these uh, misperceptions that are out there. Yeah, but don't don't ask ONC to give you any hints because, you know, they'll tell you very quickly. I asked Don Rucker. He and I ran into each other on the floor of HIMSS. I've met Don through several other uh, opportunities, and so we just kind of stood in the crossroads for about 20 minutes and had a conversation. They're not going to tell us anything yet because they're in the middle of rulemaking, and, right. you know, they can't telegraph. And, and I have great respect for those folks that they get asked all the time, and they're always consistent, no. You'll know when everybody else knows, which is fine, yeah. uh, because you know they can't get people foreknowledge of it uh, and to create an advantage. Uh, and I fully understand that, and, and wouldn't expect them to do it any other way. Therefore, they earn what little money the federal government pays them to do their job every day. Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly what you want is for them to <laughs> keep things under wraps until they are, you know, ready to give the definitive answers. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and the media tries. <laughs> and the media tries all the time. <laughs> exactly. That's what we do. All right. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, That uh, the point about data blocking, because I did want to cover that as well, so thank you. Okay. Not a problem. Glad to do it. I'm, I'm just full of it. Just ask any of my friends. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. This has been really great. Um, it, it's always great to hear about what you guys are doing, and uh, it's really exciting stuff, so thank you. You're very welcome. Always uh, willing to share and happy to do it. Just let me know uh, when you want to jump back on the phone again. Definitely. Will do. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye, Chuck. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.